Welcome to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This is episode 62. A little bit late, but not too bad. With me this week is like this month's most valuable podcaster. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, the, competing the, the final leg of the podcast Iron Man. I just recorded newscasts. I was on RFN last week. I'm, I'm getting tired. So uh, so welcome, Neil Ronahan. Hello, hello. To uh, Radio Trivia. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah. I so, think it was uh, uh, not since the summer at some point. Yeah, probably. So uh, he picked a couple of games. I got a couple of listener requests and uh, and something that Megabyte threw my way. So uh, I'll have an interesting lineup here. Oh, joy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lively song well yeah kind of happy yeah yeah I, I i can't say i have any idea what it is but i mean just just knowing me at this point i probably pick this game or something but i'm i'm shot at this point <laughs> Thank you. 
a vague idea of, or at least I, I have a random guess, but I'll save that for after the third one. All right. Well, here's a question for you. What is the name of your versatile vehicle in this game? All right, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Daniel, what is this game? I, I I really don't have an idea. My guess was after the second song, it reminded me of Cool Spot, which I, I think I played for Sega Genesis, but I guess was also on Super Nintendo. Just but just by like the kind of like the the pangy like steel drum almost sounds. Neil, you select this game. What what game is it? Pokemon Snap. Oh God. <laughs> this has to be the most laid back Pokemon music I've ever heard. Yeah, like I I mean. I mean, it's been a while since I played this game. When it came out on Virtual Console, I think last year, I um, I mean, I I, I played through it then, but I guess I, maybe I wasn't listening to the music as much. But well, definitely, I mean, it's not it's, a characteristically Pokemon game. No, I, I think it was developed by Cal Lab in oh, coordination yeah. with some other other third-party uh, helper company. But uh, that's probably something to do with why the music doesn't sound like Pokemon, really. I mean, it's really laid back. It's like, you know, jungle vibe or beach, you know, laid back, taking pictures and stuff. Like, when I think of Pokemon music, I think of, like, super fun time happy or... Yeah, like the the, the intense battle music or the kind of bouncy, which I guess the first song was kind of bouncy, but the the last two weren't as much. Yeah, I mean, most of the soundtrack is is pretty laid back like this, and... um, I guess it makes sense for a game like, like Pokemon Snap. Yeah, but you you're, you're, you you're riding around in a vehicle taking pictures of things. Every now yeah. and then you'll piss a Pokemon off. That's about it. Right. I mean, it's like you're not you're gonna you don't want music that's gonna get you agitated and jumpy. You know. Yeah. Uh, you want to be able to take your time and, and get the picture. You know. Well, I, so. I I know I had a feeling that this was gonna be something that I selected after the first song. I mean, eh, I kind of knew this was gonna happen, but. Yeah. Well, he got out of the way quickly, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, but seriously, though, um, it, I really don't know that much about the game. I, the, the concept intrigues me. I never it, checked it out. It's it's a really cool game. I mean, I don't. I, I never owned it for Nintendo 64, but I had one. One of my really good friends had it, so I played it a bunch. And basically, I mean, 
it, it, it is what it is. I mean, you, you're in like a little like, it's some like, there's some technical name for it, but you're in some contraption that like goes on uh, goes on tracks around. All right, it's called the Zero One. Yeah, the Zero One, and you go, on, go around different locales taking pictures of Pokemon, and what makes it kind of cool and interactive is that um, like you'll you'll eventually get like apples or like some kind of like poison pester balls that you throw at Pokemon, and if you like get them to do certain things or throw them throw the apples and direct them into certain areas, then mm. they'll do certain things. Like there's a there's a surfboard in one of the levels that if you lead a Pikachu there by throwing the apples, you can do, then like it's surfing Pikachu and it's a big bonus. Or there's one where I think if you like pester a Diglett a couple times, then it turns into a Dugtrio. You can. Uh, mm. I think it, you can hit like, like you can like uh, hit a, a char a charmeleon into a like a lava pit and it turns into a Charizard and stuff like that. Okay, all right. So there's it's uh, a little bit of puzzle interactivity there. Yeah. Um, I mean, how does it compare with something like the like the camera mode in Pilotwing 64? Because that's I, that's I, kind I, of the only thing that I can relate it to. Really. I cannot compare it to that because I've never played Pilotwing 64. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I am hoping for a virtual console release of that because I've wanted to play it, but well, uh, Pilotwing 64 has has a camera mode where I think it's in your hang glider, and, and basically you you have to take a picture. You, there are missions, and you have to take a picture of some scenic thing in the environment, and uh, if you frame it well, then you get more points. I mean, I guess that's, that's the same basic idea, but yeah. in the hang glider thing, do you do you like free roam in it? Yeah, ba- basically you have to navigate to. Uh, the monument or whatever it is you're taking a picture of, make sure you get a good angle at it. Take the picture and then safely land. I'm surprised so, that there wasn't something like that in Wii Sports Resort because I feel like with that island, that that would have been very cool. Well, they'd already borrowed enough from Pilot <laughs> 64 in that game, in my opinion. And, and the uh, flying around the plane is actually quite similar, in my opinion, to yeah, to that, that sort that, of mode. That's what I've heard. Um, yeah. So Pokemon Snap. Um, it's a, it's a it's a really fun game. I'd I'd like to see you know something along those lines come back. I know um the Africa game for PlayStation Three, which I actually I actually got the Japanese version of that because it was it uh-huh. was cheaper. So it's called a Akuna Matata, and I mean that that's kind of the similar thing except for um you're you're in the like the this is a, you go on safari and you're taking pictures of real animals as opposed to Pokemon, mm-hmm. which is cool. I haven't I haven't played too much of it. I got it recently. What a wonderful phrase. Yup. Now our trio is down to two. Alright, let's go on to the next game. Alright.
song starts and where it ends seriously <laughs> it just loops for eternity well so, so do most games that, I mean, that one in particular it's like I, I'm not sure where the start was <laughs> I'm not sure where to cut the song off here you know question what button combination code lets you continue once i don't know You know the game? Uh, I can't really think of a name, but it does sound very familiar. Mm. Well, I, I'll admit I haven't played this particular game before, but uh, it's the original Gradius for NES. Oh, all right. Yeah, um, the soundtrack, at least the third song, definitely has appeared in other Gradius games. And yeah. Actually, other games, I, I use that third song or a uh, remix of it or a rearrangement of it. Uh, as a, as a background song when we did Legend of Mystical Ninja because uh, Konami likes to throw in like version of Gradius in their Goemon games for some reason. Uh, yeah. They've done it multiple times. Um, and so they have Gradius music in there even though it's a Goemon game. And um, and so this is the original Gradius. I, I thought it would be interesting to, to play that um, just because it's an early NES game and kind of a different sound to it. Yeah. Uh, Aaron uh, Kluska, our, our uh, IT guy, um, old school gamer galore, yep. I don't, I don't he quite runs know. runs the Mushroom Kingdom, I think it's the Mushroom Kingdom well, he doesn't, he doesn't er. run it per se, but yeah, he, he also contributes to the Mushroom Kingdom. Like in that. He's, yeah. he's definitely, you know, he, he's the guy to go to for Mario or for, for Hudson games, really. Yeah. Um, and um, he, he requested this game after hearing... Uh, 
Soldier Blade, which we used last episode. So oh, yeah. I thought this would be a good good selection, and I thought, hey, why not? Original Gradius. So, um... I haven't played the original Gradius, but I've played other very similar games. Uh, yeah. Even I mean, some I'm, from I'm not a bit. I'm not a big shoot-em-up kind of guy. I yeah. Know. There, there, there are other people out there that are bigger into them, but I mean, I've definitely... I, I've played a Gradius game, most likely at an arcade somewhere in, in my uh, past. Like, they're difficult. I find them a little more approachable than, say, like 1942. Yeah. Which just kicks my ass when, as soon as yep. I pick up the controller. Um, like I, I played quite a bit of Life Force, which is very much in the same vein as yeah. as Gradius. I think so, that's that's so. where most of my uh, experience with shooters comes from. Is like stuff like Life Force. Yeah, and so uh, I am more willing to approach Gradius or kind of Gradius spinoff or or clone or whatever than yeah. some some other shooters out there. Um, so I mean, I guess that's saying something. Um, but yeah, not not exactly my forte of gaming skills. And then what is what is the answer to the hint question? Ah, well, I bet some of you were thinking it was the Konami code. But uh, that actually gives you like the full selection of options, option, whatever, you know, like a satellite things or the yeah. power-ups. Uh, this single-time continue code is down, up, B, A, B, A, B, A, start. I, I will not remember that. Why they why they force someone to learn or or look up this particular kind of code for a freaking continue? Is, I mean, there I are some the... there are some really asinine codes from from back then. I guess up until the N sixty four era, I don't really see as many absurd yeah. codes now. But I remember there there was one I think uh, to to because um, on the harder difficulty levels in Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, there was like a hidden ending. So I remember playing that game with my friend, and there was some absurd code that, if I remember correctly, we needed to use, like, you know, both of our pairs of hands in order to do it correctly and comfortably. Ugh, and, and there was also, I know, one uh, for the, the first Ken Griffey Jr. on N64 that unlocked two special teams that was also kind of yeah. tricky to perform. I, I don't know. Like I remember trying to unlock the debug mode in like Sonic 3. Yeah. It was always really, really hard. I was able to pull off eventually, but it was like it would take me like fifty tries whenever I turn on yeah. the game to, to do it to do it really I think quickly. I could do I think I think that was uh, I know because I played a lot of Sonic one and two. Yeah. And I think one of them I could always get the debug menu to work and the other one I always had trouble well, with it, it was so, Sonic two uh, was pretty easy because you just had to well, just. It's not always asinine codes, but uh, all you did was you used the sound test to play uh, yeah. tracks in a row. So that was easily repeatable, at least. This one, uh, for Sonic 3, like was while like the Sonic animation was sort of going. I was... Yeah. <laughs> you had to do up, up, down, down, up, 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 up. And I... Either I was sloppy with how I pressed it, or I was too slow. I don't really know to this day exactly what caused me such grief trying to do this, but um, it, it was more trouble than it was worth, to be honest. On the um, and, and it's kind of funny that we're talking about this stuff, because I actually just picked up on a, sort of my own recommendation, a, a retro game challenge. Um, see, Radio Trivia does sell copies. It just sells copies to the host of Radio <laughs> Trivia. <laughs> that was Johnny's scheme all along, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, I just picked it up. I, I'm kind of saving it for if I go on travel or something over the holidays. Um, but um, I, I'm sure I'll I'll be kind of cringing as I look up codes like these yeah. in fake magazines. I know. I, I know um, I, I've actually been 
thinking of getting Retro Game Challenge for a while now. I, I had it in my hand at Best Buy. They had it for 20 bucks. That's right. I got it for 20 bucks. That's, that, it seems that, to be the going price for new everywhere Yeah, that, now. That, that is my, my sweet spot for I was like, you know what? If that's 20 bucks, I'll get it. But I've been, I've been so overlogged with games that... Once it's sold out in stores, I don't think you're going to be able to find it. Yeah, that's, that's go gonna, for I'm going to have to get it soon, yeah. but... I don't know, there were three copies of Best Buy. Who knows how long those three copies yeah. have been sitting there. So, But um, I'm looking forward to checking that out when I get a chance. Yeah. So, Old school fun. Yep, yep. And the third game was selected by an anonymous listener. Oh. Sounds familiar, but I can't put my finger on it. Hmm. Well, maybe the second song will point your finger in the right direction. I hope it does.
I, my finger is still lost. Oh. <laughs> it's still it's so familiar. All right. So, which characters make cameo appearances in which they are looking for new houses? being like totally awesome I seem to recall liking the season games a little more on that front but um, the soundtrack and presentation and, and Minish Cap is just awesome um, yeah absolutely beautiful and, and the soundtrack sounds completely amazing for a GBA game I, it does use a little bit of the 8-bit kind of noise but it works but it uses really well that's what threw um, me off so much during this was that I wasn't thinking of a Game Boy Advance game I was like this yeah. has to be like Super Nintendo at the very least no it, it's Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And it's really sad. Sad. I know I've said it plenty of times on the show before, but you know, uh, I guess Capcom, and uh, the flagship, was was uh, was the developer of, of uh, Minish Cap. And yeah. once uh, this game was done, Nintendo kind of took hold of the, the Zelda franchise for for the portables, and, and the soundtrack for Phantom Hourglass just sucks. Yeah, oh that was sucks. probably. I mean. Phantom Hourglass, I think, gets a, a bad rap, but I still think it's a pretty good game. I mean, I can definitely see where people's complaints come from, and I definitely would complain. Like, I'm not a big fan of Temple of the Ocean King, but yeah, I feel I, like Min- I feel it, like it was a step back from Minish Cap. 
Gameplay-wise, notwithstanding, the soundtrack is bars down worse. Much, much worse. Especially compared to this. I mean, this game had really interesting music and and different different songs for each dungeon. There weren't that many dungeons, but still... um, which of course has been was a staple since uh, I guess uh, Link's Awakening, which was once again a portable game, which introduced the having separate different. Yeah, Link's Awakening is still that, that that is a game that holds up so well. Absolutely, it's a great game too. So um, you know, I don't know. I really like Manage Cap. I, I feel I feel like I really need to go back and play it again. I yeah, same I here. I've it's, uh, I haven't played it since shortly after its release, which yeah. what was that like 2003, 2000? Something like that. It, it was. It was maybe a year, two years after uh, Wind Waker, so that would be about right. Yeah. Um, uh, Kinstones, I don't know. I'm not sure I like the whole Kinstone fusing thing, but yeah. it, it's still just a very colorful game, very interesting game. It, it, in a lot of ways, it kind of does a good job of bridging the N64, uh, GameCube, and and uh, 2D era Zelda games because it. It has a visual style that's more reminiscent of Wind Waker. Yep. It has a lot of the characters from like Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Aren't, and yet, it the gameplay is closer to uh, Link's Awakening or um, Link to the Past. So it really is kind of a culmination, in my opinion. Of, now, of now, who were all the cameos in it? I, I, I can't think of who they were. Well, the three cameos that I was that I was referring to were, were um, the three oracles that. Um, oh yeah. There's like so Nehru, Din, and, and Ferrari. Uh, yeah. Ferrari, and um, and I I don't remember that well, but they they look like they did an oracle of ages, oracle of seasons, and they're basically they're looking for a house, and if you do the right kinstone thingy, then and they get their house, as, as I recall. So um, it's really a cameo. It doesn't, isn't a big deal, but it was kind of a cute little head nod to the prior yeah. games they developed. So um, what, Whatever happened to those guys? Like, I, think, get... I think they were disbanded. Um, Slackship, I, I think they were disbanded. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of those Capcom teams seem to yeah. just get disbanded. They were really good. Like, Clover was, was fantastic. Right. I don't know. I might be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the team behind... Um, Behind the Zelda games was disbanded. The guy who yeah. headed up whatever left Capcom and, and, and everything fell apart or something. Yeah. So, um, but it was good while it lasted, man. Yep. That was a, it. Was a good run. Yeah. So, thank you whoever selected this. It was one of those games that uh, I used a long time ago with the live version, and uh, it's just sort of been sitting cute.
another really bouncy song. This is a very a very happy episode. Bouncy, 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 bouncy. Bouncy, bounce. the uh, the tease question for this well um sometimes when i preparing radio trivia and i leave and i come back and i leave and come back and work on this um i don't notice patterns that emerge and and, and selections or in questions so I'm, I'm a little amused by this question um given the prior one this game features a smorgasbord of character cameos all created <laughs> All created by which famous artist? game either. I, I do not know this game. Well, this was a listener request, um, actually requested by Ben Willers from the UK, 
You know, it's, a, it's a game I'm surprised I have not used yet, to be quite frank. It's uh, Astro Boy, a Mega Factor for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, yeah. which, I, I, um, I might have fonder recollections of that more from the fact that I played the new one for a week, uh, which was terrible. Well, yeah, I knew better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is a really, this is a kind of one of those cases where the franchise is, is beloved by the developers and, and done justice. Um, I don't know if you ever played this game, but um, I, I, it, I played a little bit of it, not much. Well, you know, most traditional gamers probably have one treasure game that that they really got into. Yeah. Um, be it whatever, Sin and Punishment or Diamond Heady or. For me, it would be Diamond Heady. Yeah. Um, well, this is the one for me. To be honest, uh, I got Astro Boy Mega Factor, probably as a review copy. Um, and I just loved it. I mean, I was I was expecting oh boo hoo, but I really love it. It has you know, there's a lot of good stuff in it. Um, it's kind of strange because although it's an Astro Boy game, it's also kind of a uh, homage to all of Osamu Tezuka's work. Yeah. So like, they've thrown in characters from all of his different mangas, and um, they've sort of compiled some bizarre. Um, mishmash plot line that's some sort of combination of all these parallel universes um, and it's, it's really weird because you play through it once and then you basically travel back in time and play through it again <laughs> and there's like alternative things happen because you kind of know what's going to happen you got to change the future for the better and so it's, it's really crazy because there are alternate paths to the level sometimes and it, it's just really interesting the way they did it and and the level progression is very interesting, and, and if you really want to play it on easy, you can do it on easy, and, and it's fun for all ages, you know, but it's treasure games, so once you put it on the hard difficulty level, yeah, it, gets really it, hard. it gets real hard. I mean, you, you do not want to go right to hard, you know, like do it normal. Unless, it unless, you're, unless you're Greg Leahy, then might go Well, he, he, even he should probably play through it once <laughs> or twice on normal. Um, and like I said, you play through it essentially twice to really play through it all. In some cases, you have to find like secret exits and stuff like that. So, it, there's a lot of really interesting stuff in this game. And um, even if you aren't familiar with the franchise, I wasn't familiar with any of the characters in the game. Uh, it's really a lot of fun. Um, there is some slowdown, but it, it, it's it's really well balanced. Um, it's kind of interesting the mechanics where uh, you know half of it's kind of a side-scrolling brawler, and the other half is a, a shooter, a little bit more like Gradius. Yeah, which and, is uh, which is that's that's very obviously what uh the the Wii version that came out alongside the the CG movie this fall, what uh high voltage developed that and what they were trying to go for was basically like making the Omega Factor but on uh, Wii and it, but it doesn't work, work at all. I feel like I mean I haven't played much of Omega Factor but a friend of mine had it and I played it for like like 20 minutes or so. Uh -huh. it, it was really cool. Yeah. But I mean just everything in that like. Like the, the brawling is terrible in the Wii version. The shooting isn't really any fun. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about an Omega Factor is that um, he has this dash move where he's invincible while he dashes, and so uh, as it gets more complex and you're essentially in bullet hell, you really have to leverage that really intelligently. Yeah. You basically have to like dash through the the bosses and, and to avoid them. You know, and it's a confined screen, and Treasure kind of, in a way, takes advantage of that. To, to really make it feel like you're constrained on some of the larger boss battles. And um, it, it's really interesting. Uh, and I recommend it. Um, if you see it lying around, it, it's a great game. Um, it holds up really well. I uh, unfortunately couldn't find it when I was I was looking for my copy so that I could play a little bit of it. 
um, and, and uh, Ben had, had requested certain songs, so I wanted to, to look up the specific tracks he had requested, but I couldn't find my game, so I apologize, Ben, if I, I didn't select the games you liked, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really good game. The soundtrack isn't the strongest part of this game, but it, it works. Yeah. Um, and I'm sad to hear that the um, more recent games are, are not so hot, but um, they have to be better than the Astro Boy game that came out for, oh geez, I guess it was like PlayStation 2 that was developed by Amusement Vision. I think I... No, was it? No, it was Sonic Team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which came out alongside Omega Factor for the Game Boy Advance, and it was pathetic, the difference in quality between, yeah, between those that. two games. But yeah, that was a very pleasant surprise for me. One of kind of the, the high points in, in my free review copy uh, <laughs> career. Um, definitely. Um, so if you have a chance to check that game out, do. Really. It's, it's a solid treasure game. We have one more game left for you. And uh, before we continue... I, I'm, I, I'm Yeah, I, I must dis- have a disclaimer here that um, uh, it, it's kind of offensive and... Um, and in case you didn't notice, this episode is rated, uh, not rated, but it does have an explicit tag, at least on the iTunes. So um, if, if you're uh, sensitive to, to swearing or to things like that. Pretty much any, any, any offensive things. Shut off the, the podcast now and listen to something else like uh, the newscast, which also features Neil. Yes, um, or, or, or <laughs> episode 171 of Radio for Nintendo, which also features me. Your machine, man. Just a podcast machine. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, with that warning, a bit like Marge from the early uh, Treehouse of Horror episodes from The <laughs> Simpsons, uh, let us continue. They call him only G. His identity, a mystery. You ever going to tell anybody what the fucking G stands for? No.
Yeah, I guess that went on a little bit. <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, there was just there were a bunch of parts there where I thought it was done, and then it continued. <laughs> Fooled uh, me. Just like the Majora's Mask song. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's move on to the second song, which is even longer. Oh, no. Motherfucker! What does a brother have to do to pacify a bitch? I'm telling you, G, I've tried my best with her. God be my witness. I have shown respect, charm, under fucking standing. But that is the last fucking straw. Ladies and gentlemen, the infinite tact of Isaac Washington. What the fuck? What the fuck? Got into you. Yeah. 
slightly ironic. I fucking ironic? Yeah, ironic. You know when something occurs after you. I know what ironic means, motherfucker. See, you did it again. Throughout this whole episode, you've been motherfucking everything. That's my thing. That's how I fucking speak. No, I'm not complaining. You make the fuck word an everyday word, and the motherfucking phrase you use is indeed part of it. As I say, that's my shit. Yeah, but there we were, face to face with the real motherfucker. Huh? Clement more than likely fucked his mother, and not once, not once did you call him motherfucker. When indeed he was, most probably a real motherfucker. So, what does that tell you? I don't fucking know. not safe for work. <laughs> Smell really isn't the... safe for many things. Yeah, this really shouldn't be on a Nintendo podcast. Yeah. Anyway, um, the part I like the most about this is that Skype complained about uh, well, there being too much background noise during that um, that song. <laughs> <laughs> but um, more importantly, we have a non-hint question for you. Uh, this is a really offensive game. Uh, what is it? It's really offensive. <laughs> Why are you still listening to this podcast? It's, it's a question of you. Only you know the answer. Daddy, can I be a mutant? Uh, one day, son, but for now you're too young. But, Daddy! No means no, and stop sniveling, you little shit. By the way, I'm not your daddy. Huh? I just kind of fuck your mom. Talking of fucking people, I have a story for you. Sit back and listen, it's quite an amusing one. Well, I took myself to buy you. I could not believe my eyes. The folks had been mutated, not quite dead, but not alive. Wasn't really looking for love, but they say that's when it strikes. She had that look of being dug up, but that's the type I like. Yeah, free world, man. One man's meat, yada, yada, yada. Man, she was good. Well, she came towards me, said no words, just kind of snarling. As she tried to eat my brains out, I just had to kiss you, darling. 
Think I kinda rushed it though, cause as her lips had touched my mouth, her gums broke free from her face, thought it rude to spit them out. You know those travel programs that's on the television, where they eat all that weird shit? Yeah, she tasted like chicken. Didn't want to make a scene as her mouth was in mine, so I chewed around and swallowed it down, went in for a second time. Now I like to love the hard way, the rough and then the tumble, but she was something else, man. I was being strangled. Once again, misread the signs, thought go to second base. As her top came off, her tits went pop, got puss all in my face. Yeah, tasted like chicken. Chunky, pussy, chicken. Losing any listeners? Um, I think <laughs> sorry if throw. you're never coming back again. <laughs> yeah, Neil's never coming back again. Don't worry, guys. It was his election. Yes, I I I, I friggin' love this game. This is a uh, House of the Dead Overkill, which came out. House of the Dead Overkill. It's not just good. It's fucking delicious. Early 2009, developed by Headstrong Games, who made stuff like Battalion Wars. Um, Critics said it's fucking good. What else? Oh, Geometry Wars Galaxies. Other critics said it's motherfucking good. And they're working on that Lord of the Rings Aragorn's Plus quest game right now. Said, I would suck that guy's dick. It's the, the newest game in the House of the Dead series. I think the first one made specifically for a console. And they, they went with the Grindhouse theme. And they, they ran with it. As, I mean, yeah. the entire game from top to bottom. A toothless crack whore said, Give me a chicken dinner. It's outrageously vulgar, but oh, so funny. So, so you don't mind uh, the gratuitous use of, of uh, vulgar language? Oh no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't quite say that. I say that I welcome it, but it definitely. I mean, it's, it's very funny. All right then. Well, um, all I can speak to on this game is that it was poorly demoed at E3 on a third-party gun controller <laughs> booth at E3 2009, and they were using composite video. And so there was hideous lag, which is not the right... It's not exactly what you want when you're demoing your gun peripheral. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... I, I, I can, though. I, I reviewed the game, and um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, if memory serves me correctly, I gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, I, I think it's a really good on-rail shooter, and it's probably one of the only ones that I'll be going back to a lot. I have gone back to it a lot. It's just, it's it's not really that in-depth. Like, I'm definitely selling stuff like uh, Umbrella Chronicles, Dark Side mm. Chronicles, Dead Space Extraction. They're more in-depth games, but this is just the kind of game that, you know, you can, you can pick up with a friend who doesn't even really play video games that often and just kind of romp through it because it's, it's really easy to pick up and play. There's not really, it's not, it's not that convoluted. It's so, so you don't think that um, it's overrated? You, you really think it? Yeah, no, I think for it's... What it's for what it's worth, it, it's a good game. Yeah, like, I mean, I think people could definitely oversell it, and uh, I, I'm probably doing that right now, but, I mean, it's, it's for what it is, it's it's a really good game, and it, when it comes down to it, then that's that. But, I mean, it's it's funny, because I remember I, I, I kind of first saw 
I was sold on this game uh, like about a, about a week or so before it came out. I went to New York Comic Con, which was in the beginning of February this year, and they had at Sega's booth, which was pretty much the, the most happening video game booth there. They had Mad World, The Conduit, and House of the Dead Overkill. They also had like the new Sonic game and stuff too, but. Right. For, for the sake of this, we're just going to focus on those three games, which are kind of like the, the Sega trifecta of like these these hardcore, you know, violent, like made for adult games. And you know, House of the Dead Overkill never really got a lot of credit. Mad World and The Conduit got all this press and all this news. And I I played all three games, and I think House of the Dead Overkill was the best of the three games. I think I think Mad World I I, I gave it a pretty high review score, but. I really like. I don't. I think it's a great game on the first run through, but it doesn't really hold up after that. And the conduit is just. I mean, it's it's good for what it is on the on the Wii, but I wasn't a huge fan. How well did uh did Overkill sell? Did it sell decently? I think um, Sega's response was that it sold well enough. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think it sold too well, but I also don't think it was like you know this this hugely marketed big budget title. No, uh, it's it's pretty cheap to make. Um, it's kind of a cult following yeah. game. And I mean, I mean, it's I mean designed around a cult following genre of movies, so yeah. obviously it's not going to be a huge blockbuster. Yeah. So. And then um, they got a really funny soundtrack to go along with it. I mean, definitely uh, that that last. So those songs are in the game. They're not. Yes. Well. Well, how th- those songs like they'll, they'll play during the menus and stuff like that. But what it is is like. Um, there, there's a sound test in the game where there's instrumental versions of every single one of those songs, and I think as you there's there's two modes in the game as well. There's like a, a regular mode and a director's cut mode, which just adds like a, a few extra scenes, which is really the way you should play the game. I mean, there's not too many differences between the two. But as you play the regular levels, then you unlock the instrumental versions, and as you play the director's cut levels, you unlock the ones with vocals, which you'll hear snippets of during the menus of the game. And I, I, I love the, the, the vocal things are just so out there and weird and funny and outrageously vulgar. As, as our listeners already heard. Um, yes. Yeah. But so, I think, um, I, and yeah. I think it's still on sale. I know, um, on newscast, which was recorded last night, will probably be up by the time you hear this. Um, Andy Gergen picked it up on Newegg for I think thirteen dollars. So if anyone's like interested, deal. it's it's a damn good game for that price, and a damn good game for more than that price too. All right, well, that's gonna wrap up this episode of Radio Trivia. Yup, yup. I uh, I want to thank Neil for co-hosting here today. Anytime. And uh, putting up with like. Doing back-to-back podcasts. Yeah. I think the fact that I record it now means I will literally do it any time. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you know, you, you still have... You can't hold a candle to, to Greg's, like, 2 a.m. Yeah. podcasts. Um, yeah. But still, um, it's pretty late. And, um, yeah. it's, 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 it's not too late. It's, I'm also in college, so this is early for me. It's, like, 11.45. Okay. I'm All just right. getting started. Uh, I, I have to go do homework after this, actually, but... Yay! <sighs> College. If, uh, if you have a request, uh, you can send it in to typ at nintendoworldreport.com or you can use the form that'll be linked from the story for this podcast episode. Um, check out the newscast with Neil and uh, who else is on the podcast? Um, it's, it's me, Andy Gergen, uh, one of our new hires this fall, and Zach Miller. Uh, I mean, he, uh, he predates me, but it's, it's, a, it's, a fun, it's a fun cast and I think... Uh, I know. I was I was talking to Andy about how he's saying about how his editing is a lot easier now because it seems like 
the three of us, you know, we're, we're talking over each other, I guess, a little bit, so there's not as many awkward silences. Excellent. So check that out. Um, yeah. If, if, uh, if you miss the old RFN snippets that were actual news, um, this is definitely a pious checkout. So yeah. um, with and that, I bid you adieu. Yes. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. Check us out next time. And, and don't, don't hold the uh, vulgarity against us, please. Yeah. Please come back. Track it down and hear the truth coming straight from you. Never knew where you had run your only son. The child you never knew I could have been so wrong. And the only thing I'm sure I wish I never cared. If you did, you would have tried to be there. I wanna tell you this, the only left. The gaps won't. Those tracks appear in these walls and loop again. Pokemon Snap is copyright 1995-1999 Nintendo Creatures Game Freak Hal Laboratory. Gradius is copyright 1986 Konami. The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap is copyright 2004-2005 Nintendo. Astro Boy Omega Factor is copyright 2003 Hitmaker Sega Tezuka Productions. House of the Dead Overkill is copyright 2009 Sega.